KINY Juno. Now from the Alaska Airlines Studio, local first news for Juno in all of Southeast Alaska. I'm Jordan Lewis, and these are the stories we're following this hour. The Forest Service highlighted women in science during a virtual panel last week. Plus, the Black Awareness Association's Juno chapter has been celebrating Black History Month. But first, the Forest Service's women in science were highlighted in a virtual panel last week. They joined Action Line to discuss being a woman in science. Anna Tolfelt is a biological technician with the Forest Service in Wrangell. She says she hopes more women will join the field. Recognizing women and girls in science, um, it's really important to me as a woman in science because I feel like it's kind of, uh, there's not very many women working in science. In fact, most of my jobs prior to working in the Forest Service, it's been primarily men that I worked with and I was often the only woman. Um, so recognizing women in uh, the scientific workplace is just super important to me. Um, and the work that women have done in the past and continue to do in this field uh, is super important and should never be overlooked. Celine Kalalo, Tribal Relations Specialist with the Chugach National Forest, shares challenges that she's faced. I worked a lot in salmon fisheries, but also doing tribal engagement. And, you know, anytime I tried to t- transition to being like a full-time fisheries biologist, I found that it was just really hard and competitive. And a lot of those positions were mostly, they were mostly seeking out men, you know, and that was very difficult for me, especially being a woman. And not only am I a woman, but I'm also a woman of color. So growing up, I didn't really see a lot of women who look like me in these positions, you know, let alone if there were any women. So for me, it means a lot to be able to celebrate this day and, you know, seeing how far we've come, especially with a lot of the women on this panel. We're all at really different stages of our career, but have very similar experiences. Dr. Elizabeth Graham is an entomologist in Juneau, and she says the panel served as a way to connect women in the field. For me, reflecting on the International Women and Girls in Science Day and preparing for this panel, I really took some time to think about and honor all of the amazing women that I've been fortunate to work with over my career. And I thought it was a really great opportunity to highlight some of the, um, the, the great relationships that I was able to build and partnerships and mentors that I found um, with women in science. And then hopefully providing a, a, a model and a platform for other people to come together. And, and Dr. Priscilla J. Morris is the Wood Utilization and Stewardship Program Coordinator for the U.S. Forest Service. She says she was in a male-dominated background while doing her undergrad and graduate degrees. I think I really helped my peers realize that women do have a place in, in science and technology, and they accepted me with open arms, and it was a really cool transition. And so i just like to say to all the ladies out there, the women in science, to keep pushing those boundaries and just keep inserting yourself and lift each other up. Be your support team. You can listen to the full program wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's hard, but we keep doing it because it matters. We matter and we want our community to know that we're here and we're relevant. We have something to contribute. The Black Awareness Association's Juno chapter has been celebrating Black History Month in a variety of ways. Yesterday, the BAA had its biggest fundraiser of the year at the Juno Arts and Culture Center. It was a fun afternoon of food, soul music, and history. All entry fees and dessert auction funds support the Black Excellence Scholarship Fund, which is a scholarship for Juno's African-American high school seniors. 
If no African-American student applies, the scholarship goes to a different minority. President of the BAA, Sherry Patterson, expands on why organizing these events is so important to her. It's worth every moment. And if you see her out in the community, people hug her. And I will continue to do it until I can't anymore and pray that someone comes along behind me and pick up the torch. I do this for my kids and my grandkids, and I have done it for years because of them, and not only for them, but for my community. They need to know who we are. She looks at how the Black Excellence Scholarship has changed over the years. It's evolved uh, when it first started, uh, when the Black Awareness Association started in the mid-90s. They used to do a black and blue ball, jeans and denim and black. And at the time, the contributions were coming in, but they weren't as uh, lucrative as they are today. Uh, And we started off giving like $200, $250 scholarships. And now today we can give just a little bit more because, you know, our events are a little bit more broader. Member of the BAA, Michael Patterson, says they do this to bring awareness and education to the community about black history. And ignorance is not always a bad word because it right. does not necessarily mean ignorant in a negative context. Correct. It right. means that it, you simply you just don't, don't know. know. In, in this yeah. town, I, I'd say it's an equal number of people that simply just don't, don't know. know. And when they find out, it it's changes It's like, oh my God. And that's I mean, it's what, we, yeah. what we do it for. What's what she's doing it for, what we're all doing it for. Is just, you know, it, we got to find a way to, to bridge that gap and and to uh, put that education out there for people who just honestly don't know it's really great yeah. and um yeah i think we do it for that because we find that i say half the time that when they find out they're grateful they're changed and <laughs> they're, they're changed. changes yeah it does change their celebration isn't over yet this week is the annual gospel music workshop and choir concerts with bobby lewis and eustace johnson from new york the concert will take place this sunday in collaboration with the jack Anyone who's interested in joining the Gospel Music Workshop can email junobaa at gmail.com. In less than 10 hours, over 70 participants will successfully workshop gospel music. On Saturday, Jasmine Smith helped organize Juno's first Black, Indigenous, and People of Color Market in honor of Black History Month at the Juno Arts and Culture Center. Up north, we've been doing expos and business events for over nine years. We do one every year in honor of Black History Month. They did one in Anchorage, one was done in Fairbanks, and the only city that hadn't had one was Juneau. And so I reached out to Sherry and Lance and I was like, hey, we should bring this event here so your community can also amplify its businesses, especially the black and brown businesses and indigenous businesses that are here. She says the market included local vendors, panel-led discussions, and service providers. Big thing we talked about was your niche and just understanding why you started a business and who you're trying to serve, target customer. They talked a lot about keeping the faith and keeping a positive head because sometimes owning a business is hard and, you you know, it's up and down. Um, Another one is who to lean on. You know, staffing was a big conversation that they had on the panel. And another one that they talked about that is actually ignored a lot is wellness and the importance of like being healthy and making sure you're mentally and physically ready to run your business and not forgetting your body, you know, and taking care of yourself in business. If you missed the BIPOC market, Smith says she'll be doing it again next year in collaboration with the Black Awareness Association's Juno chapter. She looks at ways the BIPOC market could possibly grow. 
I would like to have deeper, more boots to the ground outreach and being able to actually go to the businesses. I would love to, you know, reach out to other organizations that are doing the great work like Spruce Root and all those different organizations who are amazing and kind of going to the people that are already here. Juno Economic Development Corporation, they're amazing. So there's other groups here that do the work. I think our main goal is taking some time to say all businesses are important, but we really want to try our best to shout out like BIPOC businesses and being like, hey, we know that sometimes what you go through in business or what you need is a little bit different than the norm. So being intentional about uplifting those businesses. The Alaska Department of Transportation and Public Facilities had contractors conduct geophysical field investigations for the Juneau-Douglas-North Crossing Pell study over the past week. The geophysical data collection conducted at the Sunny Point West and East Vanderbilt and Twin Lakes alternatives was to evaluate feasibility and environmental impacts. Greg Lockwood, a project manager for the Alaska Department of Transportation's South Coast region, explains how a Pell study works. The benefit of a PEL, which is a planning and environmental linkage project, is you link the environmental process with the planning process. There's overlapping work that you're doing during this PEL, overlapping planning work and environmental work that saves time on the long run when you go into the NEPA process on your project alternatives. This is a relatively new process as we work on a federal highway project. This is one of the um, tools that they've come up fairly recently to accelerate projects. Coordinate with the public, coordinate with agencies, stakeholders. The Pell is set to complete in early summer and it will help simplify the development phase. Carrie Nutter, Geosciences Manager, speaks to the importance of the geophysical work. What we're conducting the geophysical study for is getting an idea of what the subsurface ground conditions are so that as they are evaluating the alternatives, you know, is bedrock excessively deep in one area? Do we have looser soils in this location versus that location? Just getting an idea of what we're going to be dealing with depending on which alignment is selected. Lockwood adds that the data will help DOT receive rough cost estimates. Nutter says the preliminary geophysical work is non-invasive and subsurface evaluation. So they are using seismic refraction and electrical resistivity, and they use a sledgehammer with a steel plate to create a sounding so that the geophones, which are placed at regular intervals in a line using cables, are uh, laid on the ground. And from that sounding, they're able to collect information for the timed returns based on different uh, strata of soil and rock below the ground surface. A special area permit to conduct field work within the Mendenhall Wetland State Game Refuge was issued by the Alaska Department of Fish and Game on January 30th in consultation with federal agencies such as the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers and National Marine Fishery Service was also completed. The geophysical work was completed on Saturday. You can visit www.jdnorthcrossing.com to join the email list, make a comment, and to learn more about the project. And the world's latest rocket launch has taken place in the South Pacific. ABC's Jim Ryan tells us about a long-term mission to clean up the outermost layers of Earth's atmosphere. Three, two, one. A small Japanese satellite launched from New Zealand has been given instructions to meet up with and inspect a three-ton, 33-foot-long rocket cylinder that was launched in 2009. 
It's one of the thousands of pieces of man-made space junk floating in Earth's orbit and posing potential threats to future space missions. Assuming the mission is successful, another spacecraft will be launched later to try to nudge that used-up rocket into a lower orbit to get it to burn up in Earth's atmosphere. Jim Ryan, ABC News. Now you're up to date with Local First News. I'm Jordan Lewis.